Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. In today's podcast, we feature an episode from Ask a Painter Live with Nick Slavic. In this episode, Nick talks mastering the basics and goes through all of the steps of how to professionalize your business in order to minimize pain and maximize happiness. All right, everybody. Good morning. Uh, I am Nick Slavic. I am the proprietor of the Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration Company. I'm also the host of this show, Ask a Painter Live. It is a weekly live Facebook show where I use my almost three decades of experience uh, to answer any questions and give you information from a paint business entrepreneur, from a master craftsperson. So we have a lot to talk about today. Um, there's been a lot going on in the industry. Uh, the PCA, the Painting Contractors Association, has resumed its major expo, the exposition. Um, it's been two years since we've done one of these. There's about 600 people that got together in Orlando last week, and it was a major, major event. And it was so good to see everybody. Energy super high, inspiring event, craziness. I'm sure you guys followed along on social media. I brought my entire leadership team down there because I wanted them to see what I see in the industry which is this. I don't want us to be this myopic little thing that just huddles in New Prague, Minnesota here and doesn't get the perspective from outside. So today, very, very special show. We have been going through mastering the basics and it has connected me with a lot of you guys because I give my email address out. I give all my resources out. I truly want this industry to be better. Lots of people have given me lots of things since uh, since I started professionally my business, and I am going to give them to you. There is an email address in this show here where you can get this. Now, we have been going through mastering the basics. We've gone through all the little steps to professionalization. Today is a redux show. I'm going to go through all the steps together, holistically, and even better, I'm going to share a brand new updated steps to professionalization sheet. Many of you already have this. I combed through Ask a Painter and all my resources and actually put in live links to the corresponding shows for this. So I'm going to show you guys this right here. And let's get me small there. This, this sheet, many of you know it. There are new little gold links in there. I went through this process in the last five or six years from step one all the way to step eight or whatever. We're still working on a few of them. But if you want to take your business from mediocre, chaos, friction, I don't know what to do. I'm wearing all the hats. I'm working 100 hours a week. I'm still not making any money to something that's reliable, steady, fun, and prosperous. This is exactly what I did over the last bunch of years. I will give this to you. All you got to do is leave me a review, share it with other people, pass it forward, pay it forward, as they say. Um, like I said, this has all new links to show. So when it says proven process, uh, creating SOPs, I actually have the show where I show you how to create SOPs. So you can go to step one, proven process, then watch the show. And then within that show, I will actually give you my SOPs. You can see another link in there. So I want you guys to have the joy 
and the prosperity that I have with running my business. And this is going to do it. So there's links all over here, guys. You guys are already asking for it. It's in the show notes. My email address is there. You got it. Um, I'm going to give you one quick update and then we're going to jump right into this where I'm going to go through all these steps. I'm going to show you a few things, give you some stats of the industry, and it's going to be a really fun thing. So this is a redux show. We've been doing bits and pieces over mastering the basics on Ask a Painter Live over the last two months. We're putting it all together here. We're going to package it up. Summer's coming. You guys are going to be busy. I want these resources out there for you so you can act on them. So let's get rid of this. So the PCA, uh, I give a lot of these resources away, but there are great other resources you can get to. The PCA, the Painting Contractors Association. Jason Paris and I are at the helm of this thing currently. He's the uh, chair of the board of directors. I'm the vice chair. And our initiative is professionalizing the industry. This is our passion. This is what we're doing. Jason is watching on Instagram right now. There is amazing amounts of training at the PCA. It's a membership-driven organization. If you're a member, you get industry standards. You get world-class painter training for your painters. It's uh, videos uh, going through all the craftsman operating procedures, um, ways to paint things. Uh, there is also native Spanish-speaking uh, videos there, too. This is not dubbed over Spanish. This is a native Spanish speaker doing the same thing that we had in the English-speaking video as a resource for the industry because it's very likely 55% of our entire industry is Hispanic speaking. So it's a very, very robust resource for that. Jason Parison and my initiative is business professionalization. Um, we have created an amazing resource that will be launched very soon, um, circling around business accelerator, business professionalization, but it's a series of videos just like painter training, but business owner training. And it has a lot to do with what we see here. So there's a lot of corresponding resources that we can all work together with. So again, the PCA is the holder of the industry standards, which are actually free to anybody. If you want to know what a properly painted surface is, there's actually a widely accepted industry standard for that. And it's free to you right now. Don't even have to be a member. There's world-class painters training. There's going to be world-class business professionalization training. And there are these in-person events, the expos, the forums. Um, there's events all over the United States, including my master's classes and other people's uh, education. So I will say this, the resources are all there for you. Success is information plus grit. The information between Ask a Painter and the PCA and all the people on Facebook is there for you. The challenge is, can you muster up enough grit to get that stuff and do something with it? Today, I'm going to lay out exactly what to do to professionalize your business. Professionalized businesses have almost no problem scheduling, estimating, marketing, recruiting, training, what else? Goal tracking, profitability, finding all the labor they want. This is a true statement in our industry right now. So here you go. We're going to jump into this, folks. All right. So let me get in here. All right, keep an eye on my audio once in a while when I when I bump into screen sharing, it will cut my audio. So you just let me know if we're still loud and clear. All right, I think we're good. Mastering the basics, professionalization redux. We are going over in a summarized uh, point of view, uh, a lot of the mastering the basics that we've done. I want to wrap it all in a loop for you guys. I want to give you one main resource and I want you to act on it this year. So this is it. 
build a better business, business with accreditation. This is some of the resources I was talking about on the PCA. You can see our friend there, Jason Paris. There is some major, major resources coming for you with this. I would definitely look into this. Go to the PCA. If you pay your membership dues alone and do nothing else, it will be wasted. If you pay your membership dues and actually start corresponding and communicating with the members of the PCA, your business will did what mine did, flourish, and you'll have fun doing it. So industry stats to lay, to lay down some basics for you guys. Let me just make sure audio is still good. <laughs> Jason Paris. My kids are running around naked and throwing cereal at each other while I check, while I watch Nick Slavic, who's with me. <laughs> Jason's awesome. Good family, man. Turn off the show, Jason, and take care of your kids if they need you more than this. So <laughs> you know what to do. All right. So industry stats to lay, lay down some groundwork, why this is so important. The average paint business size in the United States is 1.5 people. It's likely that we're into the high 90%, 98-99% of all painting businesses in the United States are 1.5 people. How do you get 1.5? It was my business before. My father had a painting business and I helped in the summer. Hence, 1.5. The average paint business owner takes home $43,000 a year. That's about $21.5 an hour. The, I would say at least half of all the painters in my company make more than that, and they have no risk at all. As a paint business owner, if you make $21.5 an hour, you will go out of business in one to three years, give or take. You are pricing yourself out of business. You're not pricing in the risk. Half of all Americans make less than $50,000 a year. I believe paint businesses are little freedom machines that can give us deep satisfaction, love of our lives, hopping out of bed energized in the morning. Also, financial and time freedom. One to three years is the average lifespan of a painting business in the United States. So why am I saying all this stuff? This lays the groundwork for what this industry needs. All these little indications, $43,000 a year, 1.5 people out of business one to three years. We are a fragmented, disassociated industry that is ripe for professionalization and possibly even a roll-up. So why professionalize? There is the break your leg test or the turkey truck test. Um, you have to account for risk. Most people, when they send me some of their jobs, they say, I'm the best, I charge the most, and I'm booked out two years and everybody's going to wait for me. When we take some of their past jobs and run it through my job costing template, which most of you have, we find out that they're making somewhere between $18 and $20 an hour, which in fact, they could work for a, a professionalized company and make way, way more than that. Is this wrong? I want to say no, but yes, it is. You're not pricing in risk. You have to do a whole bunch of free estimates. You have insurance to pay for it. You have taxes. You are taking on a higher amount of risk as a business owner. There has to be a higher amount of reward. Risk profile, organizational structure. When you are owner-driven, way down at the kind of crotch of that uh, uh, graph right there, there is high risk because it's you, the, the turkey truck test. If you, if you think you're a business owner, or you're an owner operator, that test can be done very quickly. As in, if tomorrow you get hit by the turkey truck, does your business go on? 99% of all painting businesses in the United States will poof, disappear into the air, no more. When you're people driven, process driven, or culture driven, the risk goes down because it's spread out over more people. It's not dependent on one human. Right now, if I was to get hit by a turkey truck, business would go on. 
uh, six to 12 months later, there would be, there'd be a need for some visioning, some strategy, some guidance, but I trust my team that they would probably know how to fill those shoes very quickly. You have to account for the risk. So why professionalize? This is a standard timeline life cycle of a business. There's an introductory stage where you low sales, high cost, little profit, growth stage, increasing sales, reduced costs, some profit, maturity stage, consistency, reduced costs, increasing profits. Then we have to fight the decline stage. So sometimes this can take 100 or 200 years, and sometimes this can take six months to go through this life cycle. But you can see there's life cycle extensions at the end. Every business will eventually experience a decline, reducing sales, constant costs, reducing profits. The lifestyle, ex lifestyle extension part is really what I would consider how well are you at problem solving and professionalizing? If you have a professional organization, you won't have problems adjusting to inflation, material shortages, labor shortages, um, all these other things. When the markets change, if you're a professionalized company, you will be able to adapt with it. So this is the big test right here. And I'm gonna just wet the whistle real quick. So most people believe that they're a business owner. Uh, in fact, most people are not business owners. They are self-employed owner operators. So how do you determine this? So an employee is, is pretty simple. We know an employee. If you receive a paycheck from somebody else, you trade your time for money. If you are a self-employed owner operator, you own a job. Your active work creates income. If you are a business owner, you have a scalable system. Income doesn't depend on active work and people and processes make you money. Very important here. Yes, you filed with the state that you're in. So technically you own a business, but you have to ask yourself, do you own a business or do you own a job? You need to price in the risk appropriately. The biggest, the biggest false narrative that somebody can tell themselves in this is, hey, listen, Nick will only give me a job for $25 or $30 an hour as a painter. If I go out on my own, start my own business and I charge 40, I'm way ahead. I will say you will be out of business in one to three years, you'll make $21 an hour and your life will be pure hell going forward. You're not pricing in enough risk. I believe the minimum charge rate that somebody can charge in today's age, barely viable is $55 an hour. It really should be 75, 85, $95 an hour to run a professionalized business. So in the hero's journey too, remember, this is all, this is what business owners do right here. So let me make sure audio is still good here before we go forward. All right. The hero's journey. Um, I did a whole Ask a Painter live show on this, but I will basically tell you this. Professionalization is tough, and I'm going to approach it from this way, this head trash, this limiting beliefs, which is in every hero's journey, there are quests and there are things you need to overcome. I've had to overcome about eight different things as this business grew. Number one, the first one is nobody can paint better than me. And two things you need to know, which is that's probably not true. And even if it is, get over it because you're probably still way exceeding the client's expectations. Now, we always want to exceed the client's expectations, but we have to be okay with just settling or maybe just doing more than the client wanted instead of doing Sistine Chapel work all the time. There's a whole bunch of stuff about, well, nobody can schedule as good as me. Nobody can order paint as good as me. And pretty soon you find out people are actually pretty good at this. So this hero's journey of getting over these limiting beliefs. If you want to professionalize your business, this isn't about delegating work and just saying you do it because that's not right either. You have to hold people accountable to it, but it's training people, having processes in place where you can hold them accountable and trusting other people to do the work 
while you're overseeing it and hold them accounting to uh, uh, key performance indicators, things like that. So I've had to go through all this stuff. And, and in this hero's journey, there's probably one last big one for me, which is I'm slowly coming to the realization that I might be the best person to take a company from zero to 50 employees and professionalize it. I may not be the best person to take it from 50 to 100 and work within a professionalized organization like a president or a CEO would, working all the systems, complying with everything. I'm kind of a rogue agent sometimes. So knowing that I might not even be the best person to run this business in the future, that's the next bit of sort of limiting beliefs that, uh, that I believe I have to conquer. But I just want you guys to know, I bring this slide up because you are going to have to experience this whole thing about, you think you're the best at everything. You are not the best at everything. There are people who are really good and sometimes, 80 to 90% of what you would consider good is still amazing work. And sometimes you need to just work that system. Industry benchmarks. When you talk about a freedom machine, what are we in this for? I like to put a number to it, data plus feelings. I love the freedom that this gives me. My company works a four day work week. I work a four and a half day work week, give or take. Um, it's a really fun thing to do. Every Friday I wake up and I feel like it's a snow day at school because I get to do my fun spreadsheets instead of just work the systems that I put in place. Why are we doing this? If you can muster up 10 painters and run a professionalized, low footprint, low overhead system uh, business, you could potentially take home about $300,000 a year. Uh, as Jason Paris pulled out a stat at the PCA Expo, um, surgeons in Florida make less than that per year. As a paint business owner with almost no barrier to entry, if you can professionalize a business, 10 painters, five crews of people, five jobs going at once, you could potentially take home $300,000 a year. If that's not a freedom machine, I don't know what is. So basically, I'm going to walk you through that document, the uh, professionalization, steps to professionalization. And um, you're going to see in this document, when you get it, when you email me and ask for it, you're going to get it. And there's going to be links to all these Ask a Painter shows that you can actually go in depth to. So this is the exact process, combined, amalgamated, of all the Mastering the Basics shows. This is exactly what I did in this order over the last six years to professionalize my business. So we're bringing Mastering the Basics kind of to a head here. There's probably gonna be one more show about wall painting just because I like painting stuff, but this is it. I wanna round out this entire thing and summarize. You must have a proven process. You have to have a reliable, repeatable product uh, given to the client via documented SOPs. There's a link to that where you can actually get my SOPs. Proven estimating process, a reliable, repeatable sales and estimating process, and track your sales number and success ratios. Data plus feelings. This, if you actually put some numbers to your estimates, like what do you charge for X? That's the biggest question asked on the painter internets. If you actually put some data to your estimates, this is not a problem. There is no question what you charge for something if you apply the data to it. Proven estimating process. This is the tracking of your numbers. This is my sales tracker. Uh, this is for last year. Uh, this is an example of what uh, Andy and I did. Um, and we just track it every week. And then we look at it every week and do something with it. Marketing. This, we have an entire show that I put a link in here to this. I've been helping people with marketing as well, too, because we basically expend our entire marketing budget in the six months of winter here to even out that curve. Because otherwise, summer is a peak, winter is a low, and we want to basically level it out like that data-driven approach. You do experiments, you get data, you do more stuff. Deliverables and standards. This is a big one. Before you hire anybody, I would argue you need job description, pay scale, review process, standards and deliverable, and a way to rate people. 
people need to know what a win is and they want to know what's expected of them. And more importantly, it has to be written down. It has to be measurable. A horrible standard or deliverable in your company is work hard, be good people. That is not measurable. That is subjective. You can make the argument for or against that. And especially when you have people's pay attached to it, it has to be a measurable goal. Deliverables and standards, the job description, very important. Most painting businesses hire a bunch of people. They have no job description. And when an employee says, that's not my job, or when you yell at them for not doing something, they have all the right in the world to come back at you and say, just show me where it's written down that I have to do this or not do this. And they would be absolutely right. Pay scale. So in order to inspire young people, you need to give them a path forward. You have to show them that you're going to develop them. And I've shared this with hundreds of people. This is my six-year plan, one year of apprenticeship, five years of employment after, where we can take you from about $30,000, $36,000 a year to over $70,000 health insurance, retirement, all that other stuff. It's based on competencies that are measurable. You hit the competencies, you're eligible for a raise. <sighs> review process. Goal setting and review, GSR. It's very important that people know what's expected of them and then know what a win looks like. And reviewing them, we do it quarterly in my company. And we obviously, you know, interact in between and help each other with goals, but it needs to be measurable and they need to know what's expected of them. Work orders. So again, this is something that we hand out to our crews. Uh, they take into the field. They use their phones to look at this. It tells them where to go, when to be, what rooms we're doing, what coatings. And, you know, I'm a big fan of job costing. This tracks all the material and labor for each project so that we can then mine this for our job costing. Employee handbook, it's a big one. I fought this for a lot of years because that's kind of businessy business stuff. It's employment law. And I'm very glad I had this in place during the year of COVID because we relied on this heavily. Employment law was tested to the max. If you don't have this, people can kind of do whatever they want with no recourse. Deliverables and standards. So. I'm a true believer that when businesses fail, they fail because of accountability. People are not really that good of holding other people accountable. So what I do, I know this about myself, that I'm not the best at this. I actually put things in front of me that I have to trip over that hold other people accountable. The main one being my Monday morning meeting where I get my entire leadership team there. And you can see there's an example of our meeting agenda where I start at the top, go to the bottom. I get all the data, all the numbers, all the uh, feelings from the business and even remotely, if I'm on an island in Florida, I can feel enough of these where I can actually tell what's going on in my business based on that. So job costing, you guys know that I am a huge fan of job costing. This is the foundational, the fundamental element of growing a business. This is the baseline data. It doesn't matter if you track success ratio, average job size, um, all that stuff on estimates. If you don't have job costing, it's not gonna tell you what to charge. Uh, you're not gonna know what types of jobs to estimate. This is the foundational data. This will almost tell you everything you need, the, the baseline data for everything you need in the business, estimating, scheduling, recruiting, uh, visioning for the future, profit, goal tracking, all that stuff. It's all based on here. And then goal tracking is something really cool, which is goal tracking is basically a weekly job costing. So something we do in my company is we take all the jobs that have been completed. We put them on here. We take all the jobs that are in progress. We get updates from the field as how far they are along. And every week we can tell plus or minus a couple percent what we actually produced in revenue that week and how profitable it was based on the hours used, the materials. So a weekly goal tracker is something that we look at every Monday morning. It's a combination of all the job costing from the jobs and the updates in there. So the next level of sophistication.
So recruiting, you got to have a, a proven process to get new people. Obviously, we go with the decent human being theory. We have a robust apprenticeship system. That's where we find most of our people. But you have to test it. You have to try it. You have to document it. It has to be written down. If it's not written down, it doesn't exist. So this is basically our onboarding process in the first week. You can see onboarding with me. There's some standard operating procedure training. We intro to tools and we train people on walls and cabinets and things like that. But it's a very it's a intentional practice sort of thing with a feedback loop and, and constant, constant person to person interaction. And this is basically a two to three week training process when people come into our process or into our company where we bring them into our training facility and train them up on what we need to do. But again, this has been modified over the last two years because we've tested it. We've tried things. We've adjusted it to make it better. It has to be written down. So cost of apprenticeship. Again, people think there's no good people out there. How could you possibly train somebody? They're not producing revenue. Basically, when you break this down, I like the data plus the feelings. If you have a trainer and two apprentices, it will basically cost you $2,440 uh, in a two-week period to train those people. So not a big investment for the most important thing in your company, humans, give or take. Retention. So this is not just go-kart racing, axe throwing, stuff like that. Yes, there are some sexy touchstones like our company happy hour, boat crews, holiday parties, shop barbecues, leadership training, things like that. But it's more of a daily interaction sort of thing and knowing that people are constantly being developed and that you actually genuinely care about them and have empathy for them. So it's not once a year throwing a big party. That is not what creates culture. It's that everyday interaction, knowing that they have a support system around them, especially for people that haven't been in the trades before. Yeah, sexy stuff versus real stuff. The boss lunch, you can see here, this is a constant drip where we, where we see people's job sites and get a pulse to the company. So one thing that we did, uh, which I'm very proud of this year, is we actually have a formal leadership coaching program in my company. And it's el everybody's eligible from day one all the way up to leadership team and everything else. We meet every other week. Um, it's paid. Most people are on overtime. I buy them all breakfast because I want them to invest in themselves with coaching. The goal of this coaching is to, is to introduce people to higher levels of accountability and leadership. And they need to take higher levels of ownership and responsibility for the actions that they take. And we do this through goal setting, uh, personal, professional, and superordinate goals, where we have to stay accountable to this group. We give lessons on job site communication, taking ownership, and it's an amazing group. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. We actually had one yesterday. Personal professionalization. So again, this is most people think professionalization is like, listen, I, I actually had somebody contact me and say, how do I get my painters to do what I tell them to do? Or how do you make my painters do what I want them to do? That is not the words of a leader. A leader inspires other people to accomplish a common goal with them. Never forget that you are probably the problem. Most of the problems you experience in your business or your personal life are a direct result of you and your actions. So don't ever forget, professionalize the business, get a standard operating procedure, but you need to personally professionalize. Number one, if it's not written down, it doesn't exist. Get a day in Google calendar and chart your week, just like you're doing here. Schedule thought, scheduling, prioritizing, visioning out, holding people accountable and have culture dates uh, in there as well. Roles of a leader. This is a, this is a thing that I focus on a lot, which is sometimes it doesn't feel fair to be a leader, but you have a possible very large reward. You have to take on more risk. And some of that comes with this roles of a leader and dysfunction of a team. One of the things that I like is, you know, fear of conflict, you mine for conflict. 
That's one example on here. So if you're seeing a dysfunction where people are shying away from accountability or conflict or uh, holding other accountable, you have to go mine for it. You have to go out there and pull it out, but in a non-confrontational way, which is what a good, good leader does. So visioning, this is one of those things too, where if you're not going to do it, nobody else is. So this is one of the main job descriptions of most business owners, where you need to be looking one, three, five, ten 10 years down the road and doing the things today that will set you up. You cannot be in a reactionary role during this time. Simple to complex. So one of the things that makes the most successful businesses, when you think about professionalization, is you're not going to win at every step, right? Some SOPs aren't going to work. Accountability won't work. The meetings are clunky. But you have to have a constant improvement cycle where you identify a problem, you discuss a problem, and then you solve it. Fail fast is what we say in my company. Just fail fast. Fail fast. If something doesn't work, we'd rather get a data point. We'd rather get a positive or negative data point. Make a change. Try it again. Try again. So when you go through professionalization, just remember, not going to be a home run. It took me about five years to do this. And we've restarted and we've done all sorts of different things over and over again. We've revisited a lot of things. We've done some simple things. We've added complexity. It hasn't been perfect, but we fail fast. If we're going to do something, let's just get a data point and move on. So tactic versus strategy. One thing when we talk about fail fast is I always tell my team, People get stuck in a problem solution loop. A problem came up, a fire, we put it out. Fire, put it out. Fire, put it out. Problem, solution, problem, solution. A good leader and the leader of your organization will take a few steps up, like you can see here, and create a system where that problem doesn't come up again. And I think that's one of the things that we've done insanely well in my company over the years, which is we have a saying called earn or learn. We either earn money, earn trust, earn satisfaction, earn a win, or we learn a lesson that we never repeat. And be honest what you're creating. Uh, this is an um, uh, uh, exercise called the flywheel exercise to determine where you should actually put most of your resources. So yes, we are painting companies. So most of us default to, we need painter training. We got to research coatings. We got to do that. That is a very small part of what we do. This is a human-driven company and you win with humans. So my flywheel starts with attracting decent human beings, we inspire our people. We have simple systems that give surprisingly fine finishes, that make happy clients, that maximize our margins, give us a big war chest, and we pour it back into our recruiting machine to attract more decent human beings, inspire our people. And you can see how this flywheel goes around and around like that. We are a recruiting, development, empathetic, leadership, coaching, human development, I think I said that twice, machine that happens to paint. Doesn't mean we don't take paint seriously. We are very serious. There have been two people in this company that have won Craftsperson of the Year in all of North America. We push hard to be the best at coatings, but most businesses in our industry fail at the human side, and we don't take that for granted. And this, this is a big one. This is the focus of my last two years. There's a book called Grit that I've been using to sort of like, it inspired me to sign a work on my own head trash and limiting beliefs. And I do believe part of that hero's journey is nobody can paint better than me. Nobody can schedule better than me. That's all head trash. Everybody can, everybody can do jobs pretty dang well. And I've been surprised in the past, getting over your own ego, getting over your own head trash, and just working your systems, getting feedback, getting data, and just doing what's right for your clients has been a great process. So this is it. This is that sheet. This is the new Steps to Professionalization Guide. 
Now I put in links to all the shows where when it says you need a proven process with SOPs, you can actually go back to the SOP show. I can walk you all through them and there's actually a link to get all my SOPs. And don't forget the PCA, amazing resource. Um, I wish I could translate the feeling that Jason and I got from the PCA over this, but I can tell you that I have never been more optimistic, excited, and satisfied with what's going on in our industry and what lies ahead of us for this. It's going to be an amazing time to do what we do in this sort of thing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back and I'm going to start answering some questions here. Let's get rid of this. All right. So if you guys want this sheet, there is my email address in the show notes here. Email me, nick at nickslavic.com. And uh, yeah, I will give it to you all with hyperlinks that you can just click and it takes you to lovely Ask a Painter Live shows. So, all right, let's go back. We're going to go through Facebook first here. All right, man, lots of familiar names on here. All the Minnesota painters. Oh, David, good to see you. Do, 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 do from Detroit. Joe Thysius, John Melkovich. All right. Ronnie Santos. Bonjour, my friend. He's in uh, Abu Dhabi right now, I believe. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Let's see. David Coles. How's it going? Justin Fry. Finally got to meet at the PCA Expo. Jason Paris is dealing with his kids. Mm -hmm. Justin Fry, what is the specific web address for the business professionalization section? Uh, and I believe Jason said, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, give us a month or so to get it live. Right now, there's an old accreditation in placeholder. Over 40 courses of uh, business professionalization are done, and we're doing the legwork. Yep, absolutely. So like I said, it will be rolled out shortly. I just want you guys to know that there is something there now, but there will be a formal announcement uh, later on here. Uh, David, good morning, Jason. Uh, when would be a good time to talk band, introduce myself and my business? I recently joined the PCA and listened to Nick and is going to his classes. Oh, yes, nice. Nice. I love it. <laughs> Jason, Nick's spitting fire this morning. I'm feeling it, man. I've been really thinking a lot about this. And that expo lit another fire under me. And uh, I really, 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 really love um, getting gapped. And that's a phrase that Jason introduced me to. When you have a conversation with somebody who is so substantial and so accomplished that you it, it gives you different perspective about where you stand. It shows you where you could be. So sometimes we can get a little proud of what we've done. We have a little ego in this. And uh, when you talk to somebody who's way better at this than you and way more confident than you, it really shows you where you are and then still what's there for you. And I got gapped hardcore on my first night of the expo talking to Brandon Vaughn. He's a, he's a substantial human and I appreciate that very much. So yeah. Tanner Mullen, my man, uh, don't underestimate the abilities of the common man. Boy, if that's not the, uh, <laughs> that should be the tagline for this entire show, man. I, I love that very much. Data-driven decisions. I love that much. Do, 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 Jason Paris. Love it when Jason tunes in. He's always got good insight. All right, here we go. Dave Pine, my man. <laughs> four day work week. I love it. Uh, when we do in a show, yes. Uh, email me and let's get you on the schedule to do a show together. I would love that. Brian Santos, my good friend and in charge of, uh, education, uh, over at a large franchise. Uh, we think very alike and I love this very much. So 
All right. Love this stuff, guys. <laughs> Chris Mole. I love Nick Slavic. Well, I'm a fan of yours, Chris Mole. Do, 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 do. I'll stop it, Chris Mole. Now you're just flattering. Uh... <laughs> Jason, one of my life goals is to turn this chat into a Twitch stream copy pasta party. You are such a nerd, man. You are such a nerd. Yeah, Skylar, it's like OnlyFans for painters. Not a bad comparison. I like that. <laughs> this is so hilarious. Oh man, you guys are. I love this. The culture of Ask a Painter and its and its people is a great thing. So, <laughs> oh my god. The show is a dense one. This is literally a serial fight throughout my entire house now. <laughs> I can't parent with this A-plus content. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Skyler. Oh, man. Sorry, guys. I'm going through. This is, uh, if you guys aren't on Facebook, uh, uh, the Ask a Painter Live followers are turning this into some sort of uh, private messaging group now, which is awesome. So uh, we got some SpongeBob references. We got 70-inch TVs. Da, da, da. Here we go. Oh, Joel Lewis, my Jason Paris, my kid stuck a key in the plug outlet last night. Got got a pretty good jolt, but he's alive. All right. Grit is a great book, Angel Damaso. Yes, I would absolutely agree. PCA is a great rate resource. Rafael D'Souza, love you, man. Love seeing you at the PCA as well. All right, let's see. Can you quickly walk through how to figure a price for something you haven't done before? Yes. Go to the Ask a Painter Live Mastering the Basics Estimating show. That'll give you a much more uh, in-depth thing. I I would be doing it injustice right now if uh, if we did that. So, um, David Vander Erend, just joined PCA last week and working on our accreditation. Good, man. Welcome. We're happy to have you there with us. Oh, Matt Kuyper, the one and only Matt Kuyper. Thanks for watching. I love this. Uh, Colby Davis, I don't know, Jason Paris, no tech difficulties on this team. I think the PCA tech difficulties wasn't Slavic. Oh, he's referring to our awesome sideshow that Jason Paris and I did for the expo. So we did a little fireside chat where we traded stats, which we like to do. And it was a pretty good little comic routine because Jason and I, for anybody who knows us, um, we are preparers. We will prepare hours in advance. We'll triple check everything. We'll make sure everything is good because... We want people to know that we are competent. And when we do all our checks and things go well, it's like, good, we've prepared, we've been intentional, it's good. We, we were prepared and all the tech just went to hell in the middle of our presentation. We were ripping up duct tape wires from the floor. The speakers didn't work. They were moaning and hissing. They couldn't hear us. They did hear us and it was wild. But I will tell you this, um, it was one of the greatest presentations I've ever done. I've done tons and tons and tons of master's classes, but honestly, my favorite one was with Jason Paris at the expo. Standing room only in that room. It was absolutely hilarious. Uh, the the uh, camaraderie and the uh, chemistry that Jason and I have in public speaking is wild. It's genuine. It's how we interact in person. And all these, it was, it was so hilarious. All the tech problems that happened during our presentation played right into our little our little thing. So it was great. And I love doing that with Jason. And don't be surprised if Jason and I take this on the road and come see a lot of you guys uh, throughout here. So yeah. Mark Adams. Oh, great show, Nick. Nice seeing everyone in Orlando, 42 years and still learning. Mark Adams, love seeing you down in Orlando, man. You're an inspirational guy. And I really do appreciate you taking the time to watch this. So 
Ah, Jim Davis says, always great stuff. Finger Lakes, New York. Boy, I would love to go up there and mess around in that wilderness sometime too. Um, man, Jason Webb, absolutely perfect subject. I've started to get the benefits from grit. I now switch uh, off from everything focused on work. I now understand what you and friends are trying to achieve. Yes, that is it, Jason Webb. This is the thing. <laughs> Chris Moore, nice guy. <laughs> yeah. So we tried to roast. Uh, one of the things that we tried to do uh, that could have been executed better is we tried to roast people uh, that we appreciate in the audience. And Chris Moore, uh, a, a business consultant and coach, uh, actually, we didn't have anything bad to say about him. And that was kind of the funny part of it. So Michael Crane. Oh, man. Michael Crane, one of my other favorite people. Holy mama. Zach Kenny is here, too. This is like a who's who of uh, the painting industry today. Um, Aaron Muncy, thank you once again for all your help. I'm following the path. You are showing me and I'm stressed now, but have standards, SOP manuals. Now, listen, I hate to keep giving Jason Paris uh, compliments, but he's uh, he's a jukebox of amazing information for our industry. He actually just told me like years and years ago, like, hey, man, this is hard. So when it feels hard or it is hard, just know it is hard. So don't be surprised by it. Anything good, anything worth building that's that's substantial like we're doing is going to be hard in some relative dimension. So good luck. Phil Klein in Florida. <laughs> Aaron, how's it going, man? Hey, Aaron Steininger, he's the guy responsible for my awesome Great Clips poster back there. So you are one of the most thoughtful dudes on the planet, Aaron. I thank you for that very much. <laughs> Gustavo, how's it going, man? You mentioned the industry is, is heavy in Hispanics. Well, if you ever want to talk to one of them and find out what exactly goes through the minds, hit me up. Will do. Actually, Carlos Espinoza, a fellow Minnesota painter, started translating my SOPs to Spanish uh, using my template and things like that. So uh, something we'll probably end up uh, introducing uh, to the industry later this year here. So uh, let's see. Dave Pine. We're in year two of professionalization, and it's awesome. I've been learning so much from being a painter and owning a uh, from being a painter or owning a job. Operating a business is not easy, but anything worth it. Absolutely, man. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> crippling insecurity, the triple checking. Likewise, um, you guys did it. Colby Davis, you guys did a great job. It was fire. I got four pages of notes. Awesome, man. I love that. All right. Oh, actually, <laughs> you guys can actually go um, on Ask a Painter Live. Um, I believe I, or, no, I originated from the Nick Slavic page because it wasn't an Ask a, Live, uh, Ask a Painter Live show. You can actually go back and see our presentation and all the hilarity that ensued. And uh, Jason is a substantial human being, great public speaker, and I think we jive really well. So you can actually go see this uh, crazy uh, fireside chat that we did. So, um, oh, man. <laughs> Chris Mall's like watching a Laurel and Hardy show. <laughs> Oh, Brad Ellison's on there too. I'm seeing lots of retreaters on here. So um, we have to come up with a name for the people who have done the retreats with me. Uh, retreaters is is hilarious because uh, it, it ensues that we are retreating from something. But I'll, I'll, until we get a better name, maybe the crazy um, culture that's being created in this thread now can come up with a name for the people who have been on these Ask a Painter live retreats. But wow, the uh, relationships are pretty deep after after one of those retreats and it's a special group of people so i like that <laughs> uh <laughs> jason i'm vomiting from hearing so much appreciation yeah jason and i probably don't take compliments that well jason actually coached me up years ago on like you need to take compliments better so uh aaron muncie if you're not in your comfort zone 
uh, you aren't growing. That's actually part of the book grit, which is you need to give yourself reach goals and uh, stretch yourself a little bit. <laughs> oh, Brad, my man, the viewer list <laughs> is a variable who's who. <laughs> oh, I love this. Oh, Zach Kenny. Yep. You have to go back and watch that show, man. It was awesome. All right, man. These uh, I I feel like I just want to kick back in a chair and watch the uh Slovakians, <laughs> Matt Kuiper. I feel like I feel like I should just kick back in a chair and watch the um the Facebook live chat right now. This is uh this is awesome. I'm afraid to actually stop the show. The chat's going so well. I mean, you can obviously do it later, but it's fun to actually see this in real time. So uh yeah, I I absolutely love this sort of stuff. So all right, folks. Um I guess I could go through some IG real quick here, but uh, uh, oh, here we go. Rosad, one, two, three. Do you use Benjamin Moore paint? Benjamin Moore paint, and if so, how much do you pay for the advanced satin? Email me nick at nickslavic.com, and I might be able to give you a hand with that stuff there. But yes, I do use Benjamin Moore paint. I use a little bit of everything, to tell you the truth. We're probably skewed higher on uh, Sherwin Williams because of you know quality of the coatings and logistics. But uh, obviously, you guys know I'm a huge fan of Scuffex. That is a miracle paint. So. Alda Amaro, I have a small painting business uh, company in Minnesota, and I need to follow the jobs that you recommend to get jobs for me and my team. Absolutely. Alda, if you email me, nick at nickslavic.com, especially for another fellow Minnesota painter, happy to help. Always. All right, folks. Yeah, I hate to shut this live stream off, but honestly, like it's kind of family time for me. So um, <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> you guys, I love this. So, okay, that's it. If you guys want some resources, um, Hit me up, nick at nickslavic.com. Nothing makes me happier than the culture that we're creating in this right now. Huge ask. You go Slovakians, Slovakians, retreaters, how, however we're going to call this thing. Everybody right now, click share on Facebook uh, and get that thing out there. Share. Share on your page, share in a group. Just right now, hit share, get this thing out here, and we can get more like-minded individuals here. Also, big announcement coming shortly. Yugoslovakians, Slovakians, retreaters, whatever you call yourselves. Um, there's another uh, retreat coming in late August. I will make a formal announcement. There will be an application process. Uh, we're going we're gonna to bring in some of the old guard, the people we know and love. We're also going to sprinkle in some new people because we got to keep that group fresh. So if you want to become a retreater <laughs> like the rest of us, um, keep looking for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, Comments are coming in hot and heavy. I do have to stop the live feed, but I will be on here later uh, looking these over. Seriously, you guys, nothing makes me happier than the culture we're creating here. And we will talk to you guys later. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.